0: everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Texas Values Report. My name is Nicole Hudgens and I'm the Senior Policy Analyst for Texas Values. We're the largest statewide organization focusing on faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And I'm joined today by our policy advisor, Mary Elizabeth Castle. Mary Elizabeth, welcome to the yeah, show.
1: Thank you. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday and happy almost end of session.
0: Yes, we're really excited. It's almost the end. It's It's, it's really, really thankful. (laughs) We're getting to the end. Some great things to talk about today. Um, But we're sitting in for Jonathan Sines, who's the president of Texas Values. We got to step in and get to do a legislative recap for you. For those on Facebook Live, today is Friday. We're going to give an update. And then we've got our listeners on the radio show. And it's Saturday for you guys. So hopefully you're enjoying your Saturday, maybe had a nice brunch, you know, drive into a soccer game. I hope you're enjoying that. But you know the, the Texas legislative session. It's it's quite an ordeal because yes. we meet we meet once every two years and we cram two years worth of legislation into 140 days. Yes, and it's nonstop. Mary Elizabeth, this was your first session, so I want to hear a little bit from your perspective. You know what your expectations were, and then what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I question whether or not this is effective government, but obviously it is because I think, you know, they do a good job at getting some really important social issues passed. I mean, they really are under the pressure to work on a good budget and they don't have time to waffle or procrastinate because they only have 140 days. So, I mean, it's very hectic, you know, you're running from place to place, sometimes they have to do all-nighters like a college student who procrastinates or has to get things done in a short amount of time or even those lawyers who sometimes have to do things uh, late at night to meet <laughs> deadlines. But in the end, I think, you know, we passed some good laws. We stopped some bad laws from passing. And, you know, it makes Texas unique. That's
0: what makes us stand out. Yes, it we truly do stand out. And like you said, you know, there's some a lot of late nights and early mornings. So you've got some of the deadlines, as you were talking about, some deadlines to get the budget done. You've got some deadlines to have certain House bills heard uh, by a certain time. You've got certain Senate bills have to be heard on the House floor. Really, it's the House that has the most deadlines. Towards yeah, the end, you see absolutely. a few deadlines for the Senate, but mostly it's the House. And and as a reminder, you've got 150 House members, 31 senators. So fun way to remember that, I like to say, is there are 150 psalms. And 31 mm-hmm. Proverbs. So really easy way to remember how many legislators there are. Right. So you've got a bill, you know, a bill's introduced in one chamber, it's got to go through the committee process. Mm-hmm. It's gotta get through through the chamber. Now if it's on the House side, it's gotta go through calendars specifically. So committee, calendars, then to the floor. Then you've got to switch chambers, go through the same process, and then if you make it through all of that. They have to concur on the bill if there are any changes, or they send it to conference. if you can if your bill can make it through all of that, you're sent to the governor's desk. So we saw right. thousands and thousands of bills that were filed this session. and you you helped with some of the you helped with the legislative tracking for our team. Tell us a little bit of what it was like looking through all of those bills.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot looking through all of those bills and just. Looking at all the language and kind of the intent of the language, also, Mm -hmm. and uh, just keeping track of, especially in the early part of the session, that's when they're gonna like try to file all the bills. And so you're seeing like what they're trying to come up with in the process, and then just keeping track of where they're moving and kind of some of the movement of the bills and whether or not, you know, we can see if our testimony worked in stopping bills or mm-hmm. if our testimony worked in, like, moving the bill along. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I last looked at the bills that have passed both the House and the Senate, there's over 4,000 bills that are headed to the governor's desk.
0: That's a lot of bills.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a, a lot. ton
0: of bills. But the, a lot. the good thing is, is that we're going to be— Going through those bills, making sure if they've gone through conference committee, nothing major's changed mm-hmm. that could hurt the family, um, and that's really what we do at Texas Values. We're looking at issues that would impact life, marriage, religious freedom, um, and and a number of other issues. and And let's talk about a few of those. Probably the most talked about, one that we're really excited about was. It, or is, the Save Chick-fil-A bill. Right. Uh, but let's start at the beginning of why this bill was so important. You know, a few a few years ago, actually, last session, this bill, the First Amendment Defense Act, was introduced by Representative Matt Krause, modeled after what's been introduced in Congress, making sure that the government doesn't discriminate against people uh, because of their religious beliefs, sincerely held religious beliefs on marriage. What we saw, though, is... What happened in San Antonio, which I think had an impact on on the direction that the bill went. Mm-hmm. So, you know, w- we testified on this bill, um, but, but, but right before that, we had what happened in San Antonio. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, the San Antonio City Council denied a store, a Chick-fil-A store, in their airport. San Antonio, Texas, y'all. <laughs> San, Antonio San Antonio denied a Chick-fil-A store in their airport simply because Chick-fil-A donated to the Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Right. I mean, that just sounds crazy. Even yeah, just, it's absurd. It's really absurd. So, you know, you've got them singling out. And I found out later, you know, Walmart, uh, Home Depot, other or- other companies have donated to these groups. So it's not a, a far-fetched, you know, thing for big companies to donate to these amazing organizations. Right. Uh, so you you've got the San Antonio denies them a store because, of, because they donated to these organizations. and then they even had a motion to recommit, meaning the city council was going to try to reconsider. There was uh, mm-hmm. a councilman who realized how awful uh, how awful the city council was for denying a Chick-fil-A store. So right. they tried to recommit. Unfortunately, that that didn't go through. That ability Mm -hmm. to even reconsider putting Chick-fil-A in. So you've got investigations by the attorney general. You've got a request for the Department of Transportation to to investigate what's happening in San Antonio at the city council because of what they did. But in the midst of this, you've got a bill that's actually addressing the issue. So tell us a little bit more about what is now SB 1978.
1: Yeah, SB 1978, like Nicole said, started out a few sessions ago just protecting your First Amendment rights, saying you can't be denied a contract, an employment opportunity, um, any type of uh, agreement by the government just because of your religious beliefs mm-hmm. or, you know, your free speech rights. And so it was just perfect or ironic <laughs> that San Antonio just fell into that where they were denying Chick-fil-A a a contract, you know, because of their free speech rights through donation, Mm -hmm. you know, because these Christian organizations they were donating to actually held Christian beliefs on marriage and family. And for some reason, San Antonio disagreed with that. And they felt like, you know, that was so offensive, you know, for someone to have their own beliefs that they didn't want to allow them a contract to be in their airport. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we called it the Save Chick-fil-A bill, because a company, you know, is made of people. And if that company has Christian values or has, you know, religious beliefs on marriage, they have the right to have those Mm -hmm. and to operate as business people. And, you know, this bill affects small business owners, too. Mm -hmm. You have a right to have your business. And you have a right to, you know, your free speech rights and your uh, religious views. And so that's why it was the Save Chick-fil-A bill. Because, I mean, we're saving Chick-fil-A. We're saying... Hey, Chick-fil-A is a great company, great customer service. They do more for the economy than McDonald's, which is open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And still, they don't make as much money as Chick-fil-A. But Chick-fil-A would have been a great addition to the airport. But they were discriminated against just because of their religious beliefs.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And. Look, I've been to the airport in DC, I've been to DFW, I've been to Atlanta, actually happened to go to all three airports in one weekend. It was crazy. But all three of them had a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So it's like, you know, this isn't this isn't an idea that, oh, this would be the first time that a Chick-fil-A could be in an airport. Right. They're in plenty of airports. Yeah. So it's not an issue. Right. You know, you can get your spice you should be able to get your spicy chicken sandwich or your chicken tenders or (laughs) nuggets, depending on what your preference is, be able to get that. Um, But it's interesting, too, because, as you said, we saw what happened with Chick-fil-A. But what about the small businesses? Because Mm -hmm. there are a number of small businesses that can have a contract with the government, and they shouldn't be denied simply because they donate to a religious organization or because they associate or are members of Mm -hmm. a religious organization organization. So some of the procedural things that happened were really interesting because you had the House bill, HB 3172, Mm -hmm. it got traction, got all the way to the House floor, and next thing we know, a point of order was called on it. Yeah. So you've, you've got a point of order called, which is a procedural move that stops the bill and in this case, put it back to committee, but because of the deadlines, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be able to cross the finish line. So it was really, it was like the Alamo moment. We took the stand, but then, you know, we it fell. And it was really disappointing, but because there was a Senate companion, mm-hmm. the Senate was able to move that Senate companion uh, quickly. And there was actually some news headlines when the bill originally went back, died on the house floor on that point of order that I think were something to the effect of Chick-fil-A bill dead unless resurrected.
1: Yeah. They shouldn't have played with that headline, huh? Right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, uh, I don't know that scripture, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Yes. I mean,
0: you know, I think it was, it was about a matter three of three days <laughs> that,
1: you know, they try to destroy, you know, this religious freedom bill. And in three days, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they walked into that corner or they put a blessing on our bill. Yeah,
0: you know, I think it was it was definitely a, a prophetic headline because yeah. especially in this case of Chick-fil-A, we're talking about Christian values. And so mm-hmm. Christian values, I mean, rests upon the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the from the dead in three days. So the bill was resurrected. Right. Really excited to see that. Senator Brian Hughes was carrying it in the Senate. Representative Matt Krause had been carrying it in the House. The Senate got it through uh, all the way and then sent it to the House. Things moved quickly, Mm -hmm. and it got back on the House floor, had the debate. Um, But it was interesting. Tell us a little bit about – I don't want to skip over this part – some of the debate and some of the questions that we heard from the other side. To me, some of the questions were really alarming, almost alluding to the fact that Maybe churches should be investigated when people are tithing to them. You know, the term reverse money laundering was used. I mean, it was crazy, but tell us a little bit more about what you thought, Mary Elizabeth.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's disturbing because I do think, you know, over the history of our nation, we have always been comfortable and being over accepting and welcoming of religion. And, you know, it's always been a bipartisan issue, but it seems like lately it's the trend (laughs) for certain politicians to be skeptical of the church and you know I I think pop culture unfortunately has something to play into that but you know they were saying things like well don't some churches misuse money and they were like well maybe you should judge a person who ties to their church or you know in the past churches or religion has been used to do To promote bad things you know well enlightenment has been used to promote bad things too you know secularism and scientology have been used to promote bad things and so you know it was alarming to hear kind of these you know skeptical arguments of just accusing probably generalizing that you know Churches and religion aren't good, but, you know, we're talking about the Salvation Army, and I think Senator Brian Hughes made a really good point that, you know, the Salvation Army was actually started to stop human trafficking of children, you know, um, the woman, I can't remember her name, you know, she said she didn't just want to help the poor, but she saw that, you know, young women um, in Europe were being trafficked, and the Salvation was a place of refuge for them, and so, you know, it's kind of sad that, you know, they're attacking these people who are doing so good, so much good and are standing up for what is right and they're trying to cast doubt and overgeneralize and, you know, call good evil basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and like you said, it was it was it's disturbing to hear those comments, you know, especially when you've got the first clause of the first amendment mm-hmm. is protecting The free exercise of religion and that was really important to the founding because of where we came from and how we were birthed as a nation Mm -hmm. but then when you see those values being attacked you know you wonder okay what what direction are we going as as a nation but thankfully we had those who who are standing up like representative matt krauss and senator Mm -hmm. brian hughes who are saying you know we need to protect religious freedom representative matt schaefer asked some really important questions you Mm -hmm. know on the house floor as well Saw some great dialogue there, but I I really think it's important for people to realize these conversations that we're talking about are happening in Texas. You know, it's so important that people are engaged and know what's happening. And if you've just tuned in, you know, this is the Texas Values Report, and uh, we're talking about the Safe Chick-fil-A bill, SB 1978, that is on its way to the governor's desk. We're really excited about that. So. The bill got all the way through, and then yesterday they concurred on the bill. So Mm -hmm. there was a a tweak that was made in the House. So the bill went through the Senate, got through the House, came back to the Senate, and the Senate decided, you know, the tweak that the House made, we agree. So we can officially say it is on its way to the governor's desk. So And there were over 150,000 messages sent to the legislature on this bill. Oh, wow. It's a lot. A lot of people have contacted their senator, their house member. Mm-hmm. And this was so important because and, and if you're not on our website, txvalues.org, we encourage you to go there, sign up for our email list. Uh, you can also text the word tx values to 797979 and you can get a text alert and what would happen is people would find out this bills in committee or this bills on the house floor they would call their legislator they would when the bill died you know they were mm-hmm. they were calling senate members asking asking for things to move and sure enough i truly believe it's because supporters rose up they took the time to make the calls to send mm-hmm. the emails to let their legislators know that this was so important <clears throat> that's that's one of the main that is the, that's why we're seeing movement is because Texans are standing up and saying we want to protect religious freedom. Right. And so please know that your voice matters. That phone call matters. Um but let's talk about let's let's talk about a few few other bills that mm-hmm. were worked on this session. SB22 by Senator Donna Campbell carried by a freshman Representative Candy Noble in the yes. House didn't Excellent job. She did. She really did. (laughs) Tell us a little bit more about that bill. Yeah,
1: so that bill is making sure that um, no taxpayer dollars go to fund abortion providers and their affiliates. And so this is a very important bill. If you've heard about what's happening in Austin right now, uh, the Planned Parenthood branch in East Austin gets to rent their building For $1 a year for a contract of 20 years that they can renew once that 20 years is over. And we're talking about a dollar a year? A dollar a year. A dollar a year. Let's let's get that correct because some Democrats are trying to say, oh, it's a dollar a month. No, it's a (laughs) dollar a year for 20 years Mm -hmm. and they have the opportunity to renew that. So it's not like they'll one day pay their fair share, you know, they have the opportunity to do that. And we're talking about a neighborhood that, you know, is historically economically disadvantaged. You know, the housing, uh, Nicole knows this for herself, like the property (laughs) taxes are through the roof Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're giving this, you know, organization that uh, does something that's, you know, morally wrong, you know, a tax break, not just a tax break, but just a break in general to be there almost for free, Mm -hmm. you know, in that uh, neighborhood. And so and there are different ways that, you know, governments do contracts with abortion providers. You know, Austin is one example, but this is making sure that not only will that no longer be allowed, but, you know, any type of government contract where, you know, taxpayer dollars, you know, your taxpayer dollars shouldn't go to something you don't believe in or something Mm -hmm. that, you know, is morally compromised. So I think this bill is really good and a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, you're you're talking about a lease agreement where literally, you know, in East Austin, you've got folks who are paying I can just personally testify, over two hundred dollars of an increase. Oh, wow. Just an increase in wow. the property taxes. Yeah. So two hundred dollars more a month at mm-hmm. least for some people. Yeah. But then you've got Planned Parenthood the organization that is known for selling baby body parts, it's not like they're leasing the facility for for what it's worth. It's not like right. they're paying normal rent uh, for the property. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're getting a major sweetheart deal here. Uh, this is the organization, Planned Parenthood's known for selling baby body parts, covering right. up child sex abuse. Right. You know, so it, and it, it it'd be one thing if they were paying their fair share. They're not. They're getting these sweetheart deals. It's not okay, especially, like you said, when you've got um, this this area that is economically disadvantaged Mm -hmm. and people are paying property taxes out the roof. And, you know, it's it's really it's not fair to those taxpayers. It's not fair when you're seeing schools close in this area uh, because people are being taxed out of their homes. It's it's not right. So what that bill does is say, look, you know, you're not going to be subsidizing. Mm-hmm. Um, abortion providers or affiliates and we've seen at the federal level where taxpayer dollars are not to be used for abortions right. uh, with the Hyde Amendment. So this isn't unprecedented right. uh, but really important. So that's, that's SB 22. Let's talk a little bit about HB 16, another important pro-life bill. You know that was the bill that stopped uh, set or says if a child is survives an abortion it's not going to be killed. Tell us a little bit more about that bill.
1: Yeah, I mean, that bill had some very compelling (coughs) testimony. We had uh, Gianna Jessen. She flew in and testified about how, you know, she survived a saline abortion uh, where they were actually going to burn her body. Mm -hmm. And um, she was actually she actually survived the abortion. And um, she, you know, there was a question of whether or not the mom was going to, you know, actually let her live after surviving the abortion. And so, you know, it's just compelling to hear, you know, someone who lived through that and how her life is still very valuable and Mm -hmm. how she's made a contribution to the world through her singing voice Mm -hmm. and just through her life and how she carries herself as a person. And it's just, you know, disappointing. We heard testimony how uh, some people are, once the baby survives the abortion, they take the baby and put them in comfort care where they just leave them, you know, to die because, you know, that baby is said to be unwanted, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, there's very compelling, you know, testimony. And it just goes to show the moral and the ethics of, you know, a doctor. They are not to do harm. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have a responsibility to take care of every life that comes in their hands. And so that includes a baby, you know, that survives an abortion.
0: Right. And and we saw the disturbing Things that are happening, like in New York, where they say an abortion's okay all the way up through 40 weeks. I oh, mean, wow. that's that's crazy. You've got children yeah. who are born before that, and right. you're saying that simply because they're in the womb, they should be able to be killed. Uh, and then you've got the Virginia governor saying that if a child survives an abortion, like you said earlier, they should be given comfort care. And then the mom and the, the doctor can decide what to do next. I mean, that's infanticide. And yeah. it was— It is so disturbing to hear those comments. But I'm so thankful that the state of Texas, we rose up and said, not on our watch. This is where we draw the line in the sand. If a child survives an abortion, they're not um, they're They're going to be taken care of just like any other child. Right. You know, and this is an important part of the discussion of saying, look, you know, let's recognize the fact this is a child mm-hmm. and hopefully that conversation will continue to to take place across the nation and I think it's waking people up asking the question should we be doing this to children outside the womb what about inside the womb and that's right. where I hope the the conversation's going
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know we've got the legislative session is wrapping up uh, we've got just a few days May 27th Monday is sine die it's the end of session and right. um, Tell us, you know, just any closing thoughts that you have, Mary Elizabeth, on on this legislative session and how Texas is doing and and what people should be paying attention to.
1: Yeah, I think first off, I mean, our listeners should be proud that we stopped a lot of bad bills. Mm -hmm. Um, We spent kind of the first part of the session, unfortunately, testifying against bad bills. Mm -hmm. But we can, you know, thankfully say that we stopped those from getting out of committee. Mm -hmm. And we had some great testimony that was invited uh, to come. But, you know, we're just thankful we were able to stop those bad bills from getting out of the committee. Some of them were filed, I guess, a couple of sessions ago and made it out, Mm -hmm. but we stop them in the tracks, but I think, you know, our listeners can be rest assured that there are some good legislators, you know, in, um, in Texas and that they're standing up for what is right, but also, like, stay involved, you know, contact them and let them know your opinion. Uh, always, you know, just be aware of what's going on, um, you know, what the other side is saying and, uh, you know, what people who represent you are saying and, you You know, I think it was a good session.
0: (laughs) It was. It was a wild ride, but it was worth it. And like you said, we stopped some really bad bills from going through those Ban the Bible bills. And you can go to NoBibleBan.com to find out what those bills were. But bills that would punish Christian counselors for counseling according to their faith, bills that would tell business owners you could be criminalized or uh, eventually thrown in jail if you don't affirm the LGBT agenda. Some really disturbing bills. But thankfully, like you said, those bills were stopped we got some good bills through. We're protecting religious freedom. There's some good bills uh, on the life issue. Right. There's still more to do when it comes to protecting religious freedom, oh, to yes, protecting absolutely. life. And and the way, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite phrases this session was, we win our battles in echelon. That was said by Senator Birdwell. I oh, uh, Meaning, you know. The more we work, the more we can advance on these issues. And and that's Mm -hmm. what we're doing here at Texas Values. And I just encourage you, if you haven't gone to our website, go to txvalues.org. You can find out more information. If you like the work that we're doing, I'm telling you the investment is worth it. It helps us keep the lights on, but it allows us to be at the session uh, to late hours in the morning, early hours. uh, Sorry, late hours at night, early hours in the morning. Well, it until the morning. Right. It is (laughs) until the morning. Clearly, I need more coffee. But... Listen, we're working very hard to protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. You can donate to us at txvalues.org. Our fiscal year end is in June, so we encourage you. You can go and donate right now. Mary Elizabeth, thank you for all your hard work this session. It's yeah. been a pleasure thank having you, for you the on opportunity. It was good to work for this organization. Absolutely. Well, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Texas Values Report, and we'll update you again soon. Have a wonderful weekend.